born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Now, the reason that Jesus Christ only came into the world once to pay for sin is because man only has to die once. So if he died for me, he only had to die once. Because I'm only going to die one time, as far as in this world is concerned. I'm going to die one time. Physical death, God gave to John a vision of the last judgment. So take your Bible, look in Revelation chapter 20. So that means that a person who is going to stand at this great white throne judgment needs to be getting prepared Because you need to have and to bring with you all the evidence that you have that can justify God not condemning you. Because that's what it's going to be about. So, as you live, you might want to try to remember, since you're not going to trust Christ as your Savior, you're going to have to defend yourself in court. Now see, you're not going to have some, the Perry Mason ain't going to be there for you. You're going to be there and you will have only you and your good works and what you say and think and what you've done as the evidence to either clear you or condemn you. It's going to be one way or the other. And by the way, I thought I'd just throw this out. You better not have one thing against you. Because see, it won't take ten things against you. All God needs is just one little piece of evidence. All God has to do is prove that you're not perfect. You'll have to prove you are. Because see, heaven is perfect and you've got to be perfect to go there. And so you better be ready and prepare your case because you have a date with destiny. You've got a date with God. And you're going to make that appointment. Because it's an appointed time. It's appointed every, unto every man. Revelation chapter 20, and look in verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever 
was not found written in the book of life was cast in to the lake of fire. The setting. What are we going to have there? Well, the setting is this. It's called the great white throne. So it's going to be a great judgment. It's not a little bitty dinky thing. This is the biggest judgment of all time. God even says that the Christians are going to judge the angels and set in judgment upon the lost man in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 6. It's great because of its power. It's white because of its purity. And the throne, well, that tells you the purpose of it. There's a judgment going to take place. Now, at this judgment, it is the judgment of the unsaved dead. You see, there's uh, many people from Adam and Eve all the way down that have died, that have never trusted Christ as their Savior. You see, those who trust Christ as Savior, absent from the body, present with the Lord. So whenever we die, we go to be with the Lord. But the lost man, the person who does not trust Christ as Savior, well, it's not the same for them. They go to a place called Hades in the New Testament Greek. Old Testament called Sheol, but it's the place of the departed dead, a place of torment. It's not the final hell. So when it says that death and hell delivered up the dead, it's talking about death delivered up the bodies. And hell delivered up the souls. Because at this one, there is what we call the summons. Where God summons the bodies from the grave and the souls out of hell. And they will stand at the great white throne judgment. At this judgment, it is an awful place. It's an awful place. Because there's sinners standing before God. God is perfect and God is righteous. But a man is going to meet his maker. And the Old Testament puts it this way. He says, prepare to meet thy God. You and I are one day going to see the Lord face to face. But that will be at the uh, judgment seat of Christ. When we'll literally get to see the face of God. Wouldn't that be something for Tom and for Tad? The first one they ever see will be the face of the Lord. I had to look at y'all. <laughs> They'll get to see the Lord first. But it's an awful place because the sinner has got to stand before a perfect, righteous, holy God. Can you imagine how uncomfortable people are going to church? How uncomfortable they are reading the Bible? Or have you ever seen anybody really get uncomfortable when you want to talk to them about how to have eternal life and go to heaven when they die? Just think of all those, and they don't even want to be there. They don't want to be there. It's an awful place for them. But this is where they're going to be. It is an awesome person that they're going to have to come face to face. This is God. But I want you to take your Bible and look there in the book of John chapter 5. The Gospel of John and chapter 5. We often say that, you know, there's God and he's going to be there and he will be there. But I believe the one that's going to do the judging is going to be Jesus Christ himself. 
And here's the reason. In John chapter 5, look at verse 22. And the Father, and the Father, judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. The Son is going to be judging. And He is God. And this is when every one is going to realize you know, he says in the book of Philippians in chapter 2 that, that God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That the name of Jesus, you know, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee will bow. Now, you and I have already accepted him as our Savior. We know he's God. We've already accept, accepted that as a fact. But there's a world out there that doesn't believe that. But when life is all over, God says the rest of them are going to bow. But it'll be too late. You see, you can accept him as your savior now, but he's going to be your judge later. And at the judgment, uh, there'll be no mercy. There will be no mercy. And this is what he wants everyone to recognize. This is who I am. When they ask, who are you? I, I am. I am God. And that's who he was. It's also going to be a very awkward moment because it's an awkward position. You say, why? They don't want to be there. They don't want to be there. But they're there and they got to stand whether they like it or not. We have probably, and there's a possibility, there could be sitting in this church right now an individual who does not believe that there is a God. Or don't believe that uh, it applies to them. Or it's not going to be that bad. But they ought to listen to what God said. It is going to be that bad. Hell is going to be hot and eternity is long. And that there will be no escape. And yet it doesn't have to end that way. Because God says that he so loved the world. That means everybody in the world. He's already made a payment for the sins of the whole world. And all they have to do, it's the only thing they can do, is believe that Jesus Christ did it for them. So Revelation in chapter 20 says, and they, there was no place found for them. They didn't belong there. They don't belong in heaven. And hell was actually created for the devil and his angels. You say, well, when we go to hell, you know, I'll see Bob over there and Frank and George and uh, Peter Amato. And, you know, I just see all those people. Oh, did I just, uh... And so you say, well, I'll see all those people there. No, you, you see, hell is dark. There is no light there. It says they're like in the midst of darkness forever. I don't know if you're here, but you won't be able to see. Darkness forever in hell. Now, I want you to see there in verse 12. This is the summons. See there in chapter 20, in verse 12. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Those three little words, stand before God. They're going to they're gonna meet their maker. They're going to meet God. They're going to stand before God. And he says, small and great. It doesn't matter whether or not you were rich or whether you were poor. Whether you had a lot, you had a little. 
You whether you were somebody or a nobody. Big shot, little shot. You're all going to stand there. Down here, you can buy your way out of a lot of things. Get away with murder. And a lot of people do. But with him, you won't get away with anything. And there's four categories, I believe, of some people that are going to be there. And that's those that are totally rebellious to any truth. Don't believe in God. Don't bother me with God. My mind's made up. He don't even exist. Like as one of the boys said to his dad, he said, Dad, do you think God's going to get mad because we don't believe in him? You see, you're, you, you know there's a God. If there is no God, why are you fighting him? He don't exist. But he does exist. The self-righteous people. So who's the self-righteous people? Well, the, the do-gooders. You see, human goodness is the worst form of evil when it's used as a substitute for salvation. I'll repeat that statement. Human goodness is the worst form of evil when it's used as a substitute for salvation. And there's a lot of people who are trying to do good deeds. Those good deeds is an evil thing to trust in. When salvation is free. But there'll be people there because they think they were good enough to make it on their own. And they're going to bring up all those good things that they did. Kind of like the third group. And that's that self-righteous, hypocritical person that's religious but lost. They go to church. They give money. They pray. They do all the good deeds. The only thing they haven't done was trust Christ as their Savior. And so there's people who are going to be greatly surprised whenever they, hey, let us in. Or says, I don't know you. I don't know you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Because, you see, they were trusting in their good deeds to get them to heaven. And God says that no amount of good deeds can ever save a person. It's a shame, but a lot of people just don't get it. Then you have the sinners that know that they're sinners. But they plan to get saved someday. And they think that if they become a Christian, they won't have any fun in life. So they want to do all their sinning. And right before they die, they think, okay, when I'm old and gray and I can't do anything... I ain't no good to the world anyway. I'll trust the Lord now. Well, that's great if you can know that you'll live to that length of time and, and you'll have that chance at that time. And if you'll think that way at that time, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. People that are intending to get right with the Lord. And sometimes they don't even know what that get right means. I'm going to get right. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start doing right. Well, you don't have to do right to go to heaven. Only thing you can do is trust Christ as your Savior. He's already died and paid for your sins on the cross. You can't get around Christ. You can't get to heaven and you can't get to the Father except through the Son. And if you reject the Son, you don't get to go to heaven. 
You see, God didn't leave it up to you and I to devise a way to get there. Acts chapter 17, there's a statement made here that I believe is very important. He says in verse 31, Because He, God, hath appointed a day in the which He will judge the world. Now look up here. Didn't it just say that God hath appointed a day in which He's going to judge the world? He will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom He hath ordained. Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and then he hath raised him from the dead. In other words, this is true because he came back from the dead. He came back from the dead. And that's the one that's going to be the judge. The one that came back from the dead. And he's going to judge the world. Get the last part of it. He hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard about the resurrection, they began to mock. You can't hold court if the judge is dead. And you can't hold court if the defendant is dead. Or if you've got to go to court next Monday, and you died on Sunday, you don't have to show up. Did you know that? So what God did is He sent out a summons and He summoned all the dead. Brought them back to life. And is going to have them up here at this great white throne judgment. And they're going to be judged. Look in Romans chapter 2 and verse 16. Romans chapter 2 and verse 16. The secrets will be revealed. The secrets will be revealed. You see, there's a lot of things that the lost men have done. They think nobody knows. Nobody knows. God says in one place, that which was done in secret will be shouted from the housetop. And that which was covered shall be uncovered. And here in Romans in chapter 2 in verse 16, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men. Get this. God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. See, God's the judge, but he does the judging through his son. And he says, there's secrets that men have. Well, wouldn't it be a terrible thing if God could pull down that screen and show everybody everything you think? There'd be a mass exit out of this room. And I'd be first. And if I couldn't get to that door, I'd go through that door over there. You say, there is no door over there. There will be one. But you'd be surprised. There's things that you have thought about. There's probably things you've done that nobody else knows about. And see, there's people that need to understand. God says, every man shall be judged according to what he's done. Uh, look there in uh, verse 2 of this same chapter. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to what? According to truth. Look in verse 6. Who shall render to every man according to his deeds. Look in verse 11. For there is no respect of persons with God. Now, so God says there's a judgment coming. And every person is going to stand at this judgment. 
For the lost man, he's going to find out how much punishment he's going to receive in hell because of truth and light that he rejected, rebelled against. You and I, see, we stand at the judgment seat of Christ. That is a rewarding stand for us. But I do believe that the judgment seat of Christ, even for God's people, there's going to be tears shed. When we see what we could have done, when we see rewards that we could have had, when we see positions that we could have ruled and reigned with Christ, and we forfeited them because we didn't think it was important. But that's for the believer. But that doesn't determine our destination. Our destination was determined by our belief that Christ paid for our sins. This is not to determine their destination. All of those who stand here and are judged here are cast into the lake of fire. This is to determine the amount of punishment they receive in hell. Ours was to determine the amount of rewards we receive with the Lord. The books were opened. God is even at this very moment photographing this service. Now we have Roger up there and he's photographing everything that I'm saying. People anywhere in the world, if they got a computer, can watch what we're saying and doing right now. If man can do that, don't you think God can? God says he knows every thought, every word, every deed, all of your actions, all of your motives on every person from the time you were born. The books were opened. The next thing I want to mention to you is this. There is the sureness of this judgment. They were judged. They were judged. The judge did, if it says they're going to be judged according to their works, and then it renders a verdict, then God did look at the evidence. And God did make a decision. And it's a sure thing. And his decision is final. This lady went to have her picture made. It looked just like her. But she didn't like it. So she took it back. She says, this picture does not do me justice. He said, ma'am, you don't need justice. You need mercy. <laughs> There's three great words in the Bible. Three great words in the Bible. And one is mercy. You've heard about mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. You see, we've all sinned. We deserve to spend the eternity in a literal fire-burning hell, place of Gehenna, the lake of fire. That's where, this is what we deserve because we've all sinned against the holy God. God is perfect. He's righteous. He has every right. He can do this. But not getting what we deserve, that's mercy. That's why we want God's mercy. We talk about the grace of God. It means that there's a wonderful place called heaven and the holy city. Now, I don't deserve this. But for God to give me that, that's grace. I'm getting something I don't deserve. Now, justice is getting what you deserve. At the great white throne judgment, there is no mercy, there is no grace, but there will be justice. And if a person rejects the mercy of God now and rejects the grace of God now, 
He will have the judgment of God upon him, and that will be justice later. Prepare to defend yourself. Because if you lose, there is no court of appeals. In closing, every person, especially the lost man, needs to understand this. They have a date with destiny. They've got a date with deity. They've got a date with the second death. Because he says here in the book of Revelation, in chapter 20, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The book of life is the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb's book of life is the one that you're born into by faith in Christ. When you trust Christ as your Savior, your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Look up here. If you're here this morning, and if you have not trusted Christ as your Savior, you have an appointment with God, a date with deity. You're going to meet the Lord. And God says He's going to judge your works. And those are your evidence, what you've thought, what you've said, what you've done. By the evidence that's going to be presented, are you able to win in court against God? Because if you can't convince God by the evidence that you've never sinned, it will not matter how much good you've done. Did you ever sin? One time. If you did, you're lost. And you cannot save yourself. And at that judgment, there will be no more mercy and there will be no more grace. Only justice. You're going to get what you deserve. I don't want what I deserve. That's why 49 years ago, sitting in a little old living room in Athens, Georgia, I wanted God's mercy. I didn't want to go to hell. I wanted God's grace. I want to go to heaven. And it made more sense to me than anything I've ever heard in my whole life. So that night I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I was 18 years old. This hand represents you and me, and the wall represents sin. We all have sin upon us. Now, God says he loves us, but he hates our sin. And for us to pay for sin, eternal separation from God. And since we're all sinners, we're all in the same boat, we're all condemned. And God says you cannot earn eternal life. You cannot work your way to heaven. It's not by your good deeds. You see, heaven is perfect. And you have to be perfect to go there. Well, we're not. So Jesus Christ, God's Son, came into this world because He loves us. So He took our sins, paid for them on the cross, and came back from the dead. Now the issue is not about your sins. He already took care of that issue. Now it's will you accept it or will you reject it? You see, I'm not better than anybody else. I believe He did it for me. And if you'll believe it, then he'll save you too. So when I believe he did it for me, he put this payment to my account. When you believe it, he'll put it to your account. And you get to go to heaven on what Christ did. So see, right now, you can trust Christ as your Savior, and you don't get to go to hell. That's mercy. 
You get to go to heaven. That's grace. But if you reject God's grace, there is no way to be saved. Because he says, for by grace are you saved. Through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. No man can save himself by his works. It's by grace and grace alone. Let's pray, shall we? Would take my place. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.